Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 436 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd, joined with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? I'm doing good, Todd. Too much going on in my mind today. I need the show to dump it all out. Oh, it's time to get all your intenseness out into the world's greatest podcast, is what you're saying. Am I doing another show? No, kidding, of course. <laughs> um, No, it's just there's a lot of stuff that's going on as we were trying to get things organized for the show. Uh, I did dump some of it out over on After Dark, but you'll have to wait for that on Friday. But there's things in my head that need to come out. You know, we talk all the time that we'll do the show and we'll talk about stuff on the show and uh, people might remark to us who listen to the show and say, oh, when you and Joe said this or Todd, you said that and X, Y, Z, I don't remember what I said on the show. I, I talk into a microphone that gets publicized out for hundreds of people to listen to, nay, thousands of people to listen to on a weekly basis for over three hours a week. <laughs> and I don't remember the things I say, Todd. I don't either, but I'm the opposite of you. I take everything that is bothering me and I pack it down yeah. into like a healthy place and just like, you know, subdue it. So that's got to be good for me in my heart. That's true. But Yes, just have those nitrous pills nearby. I do. They're all the way over there. Right. They're within, they're within like, you know, clutching distance. Like a good hand ninja, uh, when I broke my tooth last year, I did have them replace it with that cyanide tooth, just in case. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, hopefully you won't have to use it in this episode. Well, again, clock's ticking. What do we got to talk about this week? We have a light sprinkling of news this week, Joe. Uh-huh. Uh, Marvel's free comic book uh, day plans. Also, I'm, I think this is a first on the show. We're going to talk about late books. What? And also follow-ups from last week. Um, also, free digital books and sales and con news. What we read last week, which was Heroes in Crisis number five, and also that something that neither of us had on our uh, pool list, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt number one. Right, it was uh, requested to us by a listener to check out, so here we are talking about it. Right, what we're looking forward to this week, and also at the end, a uh, spoiler-filled talk of a, you know, a Flash-filled episode. Mm-hmm. The Flash certainly was in this episode of The Flash. Right. Without spoiling too much. Right. So, Marvel uh, has rolled out, as Marvel and DC are wont to do with their free comic book day offerings. Usually they're the launch points for whatever big summer storylines that they may have going on, Uh as we've discussed here on the show, as pointed out to me by Todd, DC is doing a much better job of not stooging themselves off to the internet, of releasing stuff in the previews before the previews actually come out, trying to do a better job to keep a lid on this sort of stuff, where, like, Marvel's like, hey, we're the kings, we can do whatever we want, you know? <laughs> yep. So they are teasing uh, the contents of their free comic book day, which doesn't come out for another three months, which is going to lead into an event that's coming out at least another four months uh, from here, essentially it's going to be a Spider-Man Venom event, um, kind of focusing on, you know, the I would assume based on the recent success 
of the Into the Spider-Verse film, that they're doing a little Spider-Verse-y sort of thing, which is a great idea, I think, uh, to kind of strike while the iron is hot, because I think, you know, here we are some, you know, two months after the movie's released, it's still in theaters, it's still getting a lot of buzz, I think it got nominated for an Oscar or two, so that's a, that's a really cool deal that that's being involved in that. Now, the one thing that I saw that was interesting with the announced creative teams on this... Mm-hmm. That Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, who are writing the current Venom book, are involved, as is Tom Taylor, who just took over Spectacular Spider-Man. Friendly Neighborhood. Friendly Neighborhood. My apologies. Friendly Neighborhood. Uh, Spider-Man. But um, the writer over on Amazing Spider-Man, Nick Spencer, is not involved in this crossover. Which makes me lead lead to believe that it's a venom heavy, you know what I mean? Right. It it's going to be more in the uh, in the venom verse than it is the spider verse. Right. And I, I I guess that's their way of having their cake and eating it too. Is Nick Spencer is a big name creator, kind of you know probably doesn't want to be involved in some sort of big wacky crossover that. I'm going to guess Marvel didn't just have ready to go. Maybe they were waiting on the success of Spider-Verse before they rolled this sort of thing out. And Nick Spencer's surely got some sort of two to five year plan up his sleeve for whatever he's doing over an amazing Spider-Man. And this is not part of it, Mm -hmm. which is fine because I am reading uh, Venom. And if this is a way to get me to check out the new Tom Taylor Spectacular Spider-Man, when it crosses over with Venom, that's what a crossover is supposed to do. Right, or it crosses over with Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Friendly, I keep saying Spectacular, I, I don't know, know why. And, and I, don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm only supposed to correct you the first time, or each time. <laughs> no, every time I say something wrong, I expect to be corrected. Okay, um, but yes, and uh, it's funny that, like you said, uh, you know, me being the true Spider-Man guy of this show, I'm reading Venom, I'm reading friend- friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and Amazing. So now, see, re- I'm reading Spectacular, but it's just because it hasn't been printed in 17 years. Isn't there a Spectacular coming out though soon? I don't know. There probably is with all this spider, like 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 you said, news and into the Spider Verse hitting big. That uh, that there might be one coming out. I know there's there's a I don't know maybe there was that I saw in this previews, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So we still got another three months to wait on that. Another thing that we're gonna have a lot more time to wait on is is recent issues of both Fantastic Four and Tony Stark Iron Man the books currently being written by Dan Slott over at Marvel. Uh, Since these books were launched uh, with Dan Slott at the helm, they have just seen delay upon delay upon delay. Um, You know, issues 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 of Tony Stark is slipping all the way to the end of May. Uh, Issues 7, 8, 9 of Fantastic Four now are going all the way to the end of April. You know, sometimes here being three to five weeks from their original solicitation dates. And, again, I looked online to see if there's something going on with Dan Slott. You know, we talked about it here on the show. Todd broke the news that uh, <laughs> Dan Slott was back on social media again. And uh, there's not no inklings, no no information as to why these books are late, you know? One would have assumed be- he would have addressed it. He's going to the Jeff Johns School of Making Comics, I guess. I, I, I don't know either. I, I can't figure it out. And 
<clears throat> you've read more Dan Slott than I have. He he's pretty much on time, like you know, with his uh, Superior Spider-Man and all that other stuff that he did, didn't he? Yes. Wasn't he for the most part? All right, I don't get it then. Right, and, and that's thing. I could see if one book was being late and another one was on time, or some. You know what I mean? Um, that maybe one was a higher, more higher profile book than the other. I think we had talked. Uh, you know, before on the show that when Jason Aaron was writing over at Marvel initially, he was writing a bunch of stuff, but at the top of the list was Wolverine and a Punisher Max miniseries, right? Or Punisher Warzone <laughs> miniseries. And that Punisher Warzone miniseries start rolling out later and later and later. And in the letters page, when one of the issues finally came out, Jason Aaron essentially said, Marvel came to me and said, Wolverine is the book that sells better than Punisher. That is your number one priority. If we mm -hmm. come to you and say we need two issues this month, that's just one less month you're doing the book that doesn't sell as well. Right. You know, he we, we, was very honest in, in that regard. And I could see if, like, one book was the Fantastic Four, which is the big relaunch, and the other book was, like, let's say Sleepwalker. Right. You know, and Sleepwalker's the one that's fallen behind, and Fantastic Four is the one that's coming out on time. But Iron Man's high profile. Fantastic Four, high profile. They're both late. I don't know what's going on. The only thing I can think of is that they were trying to compete with the DC schedule a little bit with two books a month. You know how, like, we seem to be getting, like, Conan every week, mm -hmm. and we would get Spider-Man, like, this two weeks and then get something else. You know, like, like that weird schedule that the books are almost, you know, monthly, but they're supposed to be quicker than that. If that makes any sense, so I, I I don't I don't know I get confused anymore. When a book was was just monthly, it made it easier to tell when it's late. I don't know what a schedule for some of the Marvel books are anymore. Right, and and well, I, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because I'll touch on that a little bit a little bit later on in the show. See, that's how I do these things. Right. So. With the off-site planning that I was doing. And we're actually going to move some of the other news, some of the follow-up stuff and other discussions toward another part of the show. Uh, but I, I do want to get into, uh, you know, that's really it for the main section of the news. It was a light week. And uh, there's a story or two out there that we ain't <laughs> touching with a 10-foot pole. And, I'll, you know, if you follow comics, social media, I'm sure you know what it is. And you probably know why we're not talking about it. Anyway... Mm -hmm conventions this weekend there's only one uh you know it's still early in the year convention season really doesn't kick off until emerald city uh in the middle of march so you know it's a smattering here and there there is a half you know what it's a halfway decent uh, guest list for the east bay comic con in concord california uh art adams Derek robertson is going to be there and then on the uh, media guest side john wesley ship is going to be there of the flash uh, both old and new TV shows. And Fred the Hammer Williamson is going to be there as well. <laughs> right. Oakland Raider. That's right. I wonder what his feelings are about the Raiders being the uh, drifters of the NFL. <laughs> I don't know. More on that on uh, After Dark this week. There's a, there's a tease for you. But if anybody's going to that show and they feel like getting me a gift of a Derek Robertson uh, Spider Jerusalem sketch... I'd more than welcome it. Right. Shout out. Listen, I, oh, and I, I just want to throw that out there as well. Um, you know, we have awesome fans, awesome listeners. Um, you know, call them what you will, whatever you want to call yourself. I call you listeners and fans, but hey, uh, when on the show a couple weeks ago, when I mentioned about the, the Target DC Primal Rage stuff, 
Uh, I was contacted by several of our listeners who sent me pictures and like, hey, I went to my Target. They have XYZ. They have the book. You want me to pick it up for you? So I do want to thank you guys for uh, getting back to me. But then that just further shows, like, they're showing me these end cap displays that have, <laughs> like, this Snake Mountain-looking setup for them, a <laughs> lunchbox and all this other stuff. I go to my Target. They have the comics. They have one Aquaman figure, one Batman figure, and a shirt. They were. They sold them all. Jim. Oh, that must be what it was. It was like a the, the end cap display was literally for four items. I don't know. Intermingle them over to another area so you don't have like this sad looking end cap display. Oh, look at these sad toys. I'll take them all home. Nope, that's not how it works. Uh, but the links for that convention will be in the show notes, uh, as will uh, links to soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com, where all the shows in our little grouping of shows, like-minded individuals, however you want to uh, sl- slate it, whenever uh, their shows come out, or whenever they are on other shows. Like, I'll be on a different show this week, more on that over on At Odds with Wrestling this week. Uh, that'll be over there, as will episodes of this show, episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, episodes of Podvixy, episodes of Wrestling on the Edge of Forever, episodes of Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, or any other shows. Like I said, they'll all be over there at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, soon-to-be-namednetwork.tumblr.com. Now, digital sales and freebies is going to be a little bit bigger of a section than it typically is because there's a lot going on over <laughs> there. Uh, there is a ton of sales going on. Uh, Marvel, well, okay, so uh, Dynamite continuing their sale on Red Sonja stuff. Uh, Boom is continuing their sale on the Heroines of Boom Studio stuff. IDW is having a huge Transformers graphic novel sale that's running until the end of March. So, you know, I don't know, get on top of that, if you will. Uh, Dark Horse is having what they're calling a murder mystery sale. And that's like essentially whatever crime stuff they sort of do. Uh, it's an eclectic mix of stuff uh, over there. Now, Marvel is having no less than one. Oh, and again, before I get to Marvel, uh, DC is having a sale on Batman and Flash stuff. Because this week kicks off the annual, semi-annual Batman Flash crossover in DC uh, Rebirth. I'm going to call it Tom King has something else to do, uh, so somebody else is writing Batman this month. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, that sale is going on over there. You know, something, something, Dark Knight Returns, something, something, Batman Year One, of course. Uh, but, again, I wanted to get to Marvel uh, with their sales because their sales this this week infuriate me. <laughs> uh, they have uh, Star Wars stuff on sale. Uh, still that Old Republic sale from last week that we mentioned. They have Black Widow stuff on sale. That's uh, a new sale that's popped up. They have something that's called the Epic Oversized Collection Sale, which is just, you know, a bunch of collections. Everything from Maximum Carnage to Avengers vs. X-Men to Acts of Vengeance to everything in between, right? Then, under two separate links that you gotta, like, dig for... They're having the Marvel Epic Single Issue Sale, which includes over 3,000 single issues that are on sale. What's in this sale, Todd? Lots of stuff. 3,000 issues, I would guess. 3,000 random issues of stuff. 
And there's no rhyme or reason to what's in there. There's big stuff that's like, oh, did you not want Age of Ultron in the giant collection? Well, you could buy the single issues of Age of Ultron miniseries here. Uh, did you want to buy Siege, just the four issues, and none of the stuff that explains why this stuff is going on in the four issues? You could just buy those four <laughs> issues. Uh, the Siege slamming continues. I had to bring that up. I did, I did that for you, man. I know. Um, Your anti-Siege agenda is glaring. Yes. So, um, and the same freebies that we talked about last week are still available, but... Uh, there is some other freebie stuff and some other digital stuff that we have to talk about here where uh, this week Marvel is giving away not one, not two, not three, but four, but five Black Panther and Black Panther related comics digitally for free, uh, including uh, the prelude comic that they did for the movie last year, uh, the Black Panther relaunch from 2005, the Black Panther relaunch from 2016, and the current Black Panther and Shuri, uh, number ones that just came out within the last, like, three months. You can get all five of those books for free. Go to marvel.com slash redeem and put in, uh, the promo code forever. And I'm not going to do the Terry Funk retirement speech and say forever like he did. But hey, listen, even if it's just getting Shuri and Black Panther for free, those were two $4 books that just came out less than three months ago. You get them for free. Everything else is just gravy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so last week and this week, we were kind of talking about some of the Marvel and DC digital streaming services. And Marvel uh, does a really good job of getting information out there about what is rolling out on their Marvel Unlimited thing. Uh, they're usually about six issue or six months behind, right? Uh, from like today's cover date, like six months ago, it goes up on the app for new books, right? The reason I wanted to mention that was, as Todd was saying, like, who knows when these books come out, what number issue of Immortal Hulk came out six months ago? Just to let you know, issue 13 comes out this week. What issue came out six months ago? Uh, whatever six issues ago was. 13 minus six. Issue four. Wait, what? I thought Immortal Hulk was monthly. Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. This is what we were I don't about. understand anything anymore. This is what we were talking about earlier with like the, the weird shipping schedules on books. Where it's just like sometimes like due to things being late and stuff, you know, it doesn't happen so much now. Like, you know, just Tony Stark and Fantastic Four just like, yeah, we're just going to roll everything back five weeks and hope we figure it all out later. But then there would be that time where something would be late and then catch up and then you would get that book like three weeks in a row, right? Mm -hmm. Or sometimes like this is like, oh, well, you know, this for the next three months, there's like two issues of Thor every month, you know, just because this is what we have, right? Right. But yeah, I just thought that was funny looking at the thing we were talking, you had mentioned it before. It's like, oh, it's funny that, because I had to check before when I'm looking at the list from six months ago. I'm like, six months ago, six months ago, six months ago. And I'm like, Immortal Hulk 4. I go, is there a reason they're rolling that one back slower? And I'm like, nope, that was the issue that came out six <laughs> months ago. And I'm like, 13 comes out this week, right? Okay. Well, good thing you have your, you know, your spreadsheets and triplicates, so. Right. And Marvel is also adding, you know, slowly but surely some of the older stuff into there. Uh, if you are a Marvel Unlimited subscriber, you 
can experience, maybe for the first time and hopefully for the last time, one of the most infamous comic stories of the late 90s. Now, everyone knows the Marvel Knights relaunch, and they fondly remember Daredevil and Black Panther and how that resurged things, and it got Jokas out of the job that he has today. But no one likes to talk about that four-issue Punisher miniseries where he was like an angel with glowing guns. Yes. And they wrote out of continuity completely in two panels in the follow-up Welcome Back Frank thing by uh, Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. I'm really shocked he didn't, like, run with that. Garth seems like the kind who'd be like, that's the Punisher I want, Angelic Frank. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's uh, one of those things. Now, I-, I will say this. Give me this over Frankencastle any day of the week. Ooh. Uh-huh. Ooh, that, sir, yeah. is a photo finish to me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Frankencastle versus Angel Castle. You know what? That's the book I want to read. Frankencastle versus Angel Castle? Yep, Punisherverse. Oh. And, and we'll oh, read all the... There's your R-rated cartoon for next Christmas for the kids. Into the Punisherverse. That's right. And you have like <laughs> him in the in the a war machine armor, and you have all the other versions of Punisher and whatever Punishers from the Spider Ham universe. <laughs> like, just get them all in there. You get the one that was in the uh, Marvel Superhero Squad, which was literally the recent cartoon for babies. And the Punisher was in it where all these characters are like goofing around and having fun. And they all have big wide eyes. And they're like, we got to make sure Modoc doesn't steal our lunch, you know. <laughs> and like, that's a plot. Like, I, Because my kid watched it when he was age appropriate for it. And I'm not age appropriate for it, but I was watching it. But here it is in like all this light and funny stuff. And here's their light, funny design for the Punisher. And it's voiced by the guy who is the Punisher in the Punisher Warzone movie. And he's like just talking like the Punisher does. And it's really out of place. And the characters acknowledge that it's out of place. And they're like, yeah, maybe you're, you can't come on this adventure. And they just drop him off on the corner. They go along their way. Mm. And then you can even have John Barenthal in it too. So. Oh, there you go. And I think Kevin Nash will get a payday because he was the Russian. This works for me. Uh, so I don't know if you're, and again, if you're a Marvel Unlimited subscriber, let us know uh, how you enjoy the experience. If they've kind of done a better job of curating the lists of crossovers and stuff like this, only because follow up from last week, we were talking about some of the stuff that DC is doing a better job of updating and adding more and more things to uh, the DC Universe app, and one of our listeners. I would say an adjacent part of the network, uh, Jeremy Dennis, who does uh, Transformers stuff with uh, uh, Jason Kirk. They also did uh, Paladins of Voltron together, which uh, is a show that will come back the same day that Prodigal Sons comes back. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but Jeremy was nice enough to leave a comment on the site and let us know about his experience with the DC Universe app. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just to kind of give the cliff notes uh, version of it is he, the, the app itself is buggy, uh, that he has to force quit it on his device multiple times to get the content to show up. Uh, he said, if you're getting DC stuff on Comixology, uh, it runs a little bit smoother because there's like a, ta- it's like, it's a more one tap sort of thing. 
Um, and then he says that the comics that they have there are a mixed bag, and he specifically cites this, and of course I have to read this. Uh, recently read the Booster Gold arc that started in the Zero Hour tie-in. Uh, and it continues in issue seven of the book, but because numerically zero is before that, he had to skip over it to get to seven, where it should have been in there as six, zero, seven, but it's in there as zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then the arc ends in booster gold one million, which isn't on the app at all. And they'll never get to it because oh. you have to get through, you have to get through wherever it ended to, you know, the number before one million, so it's going to be a while, right? And he he did he also mentions Jeremy does that uh, some of the older books, eighties books, nineties books. He specifically cites Impulse, um, that there's ink blots on the let and and lettering issues that were in the original print runs of the books that were not cleaned up or fixed digitally when they got put onto the app. So they're just snapping pictures of comic pages. I guess. But he does say it's good because it's a great way to get a lot of that DC stuff that he's never tried. Again, specifically citing the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle series from the mid-2000s, which was a very underrated thing by John Rogers and Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, if you're a fan of either of those, I really recommend checking that out. And then, of course, he says that the real place where it shines is all the video stuff, whether it be the new stuff. Uh, like the Titans TV show or the new Young Justice series or the movies that they're putting up, as he mentions that he just watched Mask of the Phantasm for the first time. I have never seen Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, um, and again, I don't want to tread, I don't want to say too much about it because there are people that say it's the best Batman movie of all time. Right. And it's not. It's not the best Batman movie of all time. If you like Batman the Animated Series... And you want more of it in one giant chunk that doesn't feel like... You know, a lot of times when they'll do a movie of something that's animated, and it certainly feels like they just like took three or four or five episodes and just crammed them together one after another after another after another. Right. This doesn't feel like that. Like, this feels as though it was created to be a theatrical release. Okay. So it feels cinematic. So if you like the 22-minute versions of Batman the Animated Series, but you want it to feel like a bigger thing, that's what Mask of the Phantasm is. Right. The only thing is, I don't know if you know this, that the uh, who the Phantasm has been spoiled on me. So Well, the action figure spoiled that two months before the movie came out, but that's not that's there. That's true. So, uh, though, I, I think they were bringing it back to theater, so if they do, I might go see it. I recommend it. Uh, if you've never seen it, definitely give it a try. And again, Jeremy, thank you very much for uh, taking the time out of your day to let us know on uh, your experience with the DC uh, Universe app. But I am curious, before we move on, what's a better Batman movie than Mask of the Phantasm to you? Dark Knight. Okay, alright. Uh, Just curious. For me, Dark Knight works because it's a good movie in spite of having Batman and the Joker in it. In spite of? In spite of having Batman and the Joker in it, because that movie came out at a time where comic book movies were, for the most part, maligned. Here we are now, some ten years later, from that movie coming out, and we take for granted that comic book movies should be good. Okay. Where Avengers is good, and Ant-Man is good, and Thor Ragnarok is good, and Infinity War is good, and all these movies are good movies. And, and they're also comic book movies, too, but they're also good. The best example I can give is, is The Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is a good movie in spite of it being about Captain America. 
Okay. Whereas if you just took all the elements of Captain America and took the superheroes out, it's still a good movie. Whereas if you took Batman and the Joker out of Dark Knight and you just had it be a crime movie, it's still a really good movie. Okay, what about Iron Man? Uh, Iron Man is good. It's a good world-building thing. More movies have come out that are better than Iron Man. Interesting take, because I still believe Iron Man, that first Iron Man, is one of the best Marvel Cinematic movies. It is. But of the 28 of them that are out, it's definitely in the top five. Right. Right, so there's at least four better. Where with the Batman movies, and you know, you want to take into consideration the the Tim Burton ones, the you know, you want to count the more recent Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, or Justice League, or even Suicide Squad, because Batman's in that a bunch. You want Lego or what was that? There was a Lego Batman movie. You want to include the Lego Batman movie? Anything that was a theatrical release that had Batman in it? Uh, I would say Dark Knight's still number one. I figured you would have put Batman 66, the movie, over it. Nah, that's, that's, you know, it's fun. That's definitely top five, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know you. You've some days you can't get rid of a bomb. That's right. If only he had his, ba- if he replaced his Batman, or his Bat Shark repellent with Bat Bomb repellent, he'd be better. I'm, I'm of the mind that Batman and Robin is one of the best movies ever made. Oof, stinker. Um... Oh, boy. That's a terrible movie. Okay. Not the worst comic book movie ever made, but close. Uh, at the time, I hated it. Oh, don't. Don't but do as it. As an old man, I've hated it less. I'm surprised you don't give it a pass for the horrible rapid-fire puns from every single character in the film. No, I don't give it a pass because... Uh, Batman and Robin has two great, amazing Bruce Wayne Alfred scenes where he's thinking about like Alfred is sick and dying and they have, and I'm like, how did they get these in these movies? Like take these scenes and expand the movie and you have two of the best Batman movies ever made. And it's just, that movie is terrible. I was literally clawing at the wall of my theater and it was a dollar theater at the time. I went trying to, see, to get out of there. I went to see to the dollar th- dollar theater as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this: the uh, for me, it's less about the plot of the film, and mm-hmm. it's more about the technical shortcomings of the film. It's a very poorly shot, poorly what? made film, like what? from a technical san- standpoint, poorly lit, poorly edited, poorly staged. Um, there's scenes where literally they just play the film footage backwards. Uh, when Robin's coming up out of the water. Right, where Robin's coming up out of the water. Uh, there's editing errors, like, out the wazoo with the film. It, it feels like it was just hastily put together just to, like, finish a project. It's, on, on the technical standpoint, it's a step up, but not a big step, like a baby step up from the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. It is. And I will just say, like, all that stuff that you say about puns and everything that I should love, it was too close to Batman the Animated Series, Captain, uh, or Mr. Freeze episodes, which were some of the best, like, things ever made. And then you have Arnie just, like, hamming it up. 
terrible. But I'm going to go on record and say still not the worst comic book movie ever made. That is the spirit. And that's as far as I'm going. Not Sin City 2? No, it's just the spirit is bad. Yeah, spirit is bad. All right. So uh, let's get into books that we read from this past week. We're all over the place with this episode. See, this is what happens when there's no news. Eh, we're still on schedule, so. All right. Uh, so let's start with Heroes in Crisis number five. Yes. And this is written by Tom King with art by Clay Mann. This is the continuing saga of what is going on at the Sanctuary. Uh, people were killed. The Trinity, the big three, less Batman, of course, because he's not a public speaker, are going to address to the public of what happened there, while Booster Gold and Blue Beetle are trying to figure out what really happened there. Right. While uh, Batgirl and Harley Quinn are hunting down Booster. Right. Um... So what did you think of this? Where do you feel about where we are this far into the series? With for like this is literally the midpoint of the series. Right. Okay. I'm and you know me, I'm a Tom King guy. I like Tom King. This is falling flat for me as a series so far. Cause I'm not real like obviously Tom uh Clayman's art beautiful. I love all the stuff in it. Um I'm not I'm not really sure, like, the feel of the book that he's trying to go to. It's supposed to be a realistic, creepy crime uh, murder mystery. But also in it, you have, like, the messed up booster who's, you know, from the Batman uh, issue that Tom King wrote, uh, having Bruce Wayne, you know, murder murder himself and everything. Just putting him in with Ted Cord, so they're the blue and the gold, the, the whimsical... I really cannot get a grasp on the tone or feel of this book. And then like Superman explaining what the sanctuary is and how you shouldn't be afraid of flawed heroes because, you know, it means they're trying to heal themselves. I, I don't know. I've just I, five issues into this nine issue series and it's, it's, it's not landing for me. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing. And then too much of with the, uh, the confessionals. Yes. If it's not somebody that I'm 100% familiar with, like, all right, Booster's doing the confessional. I read that Batman issue recently. I don't, I haven't read a Steel comic or a, a Commander Steel comic in forever. So I don't know how much of that is like, like real. And then some of these characters that show up, they're like, this happened to me. I'm like, it, it has no meaningful impact for me because I can't remember their backstory for these like really obscure DC characters. So I don't know. Uh, I, I'm 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 reading it. I'm going to go all the way to the end because it's Tom King. But it's this is starting to really fall flat for me. What's your opinion? I liked the bit where Booster and Gold had the plan of how to get the investigated stuff from Barry. Right. The horrible great plan. The horrible great plan was awesome because that was the thing that felt the most familiar with these characters to me um the rest unfortunately did not um i i kind of get what you're saying and i kind of get what tom king is trying to do to paint this whole thing of flawed heroes and everything like that and you know also kind of wrapping in uh a whodunit and also trying to wrap in 
maybe commentary on mental illness. And also having it being a giant world, you know, world-spanning crossover and having it be this and and having it be the death of some major characters and stuff um it feels like there's too much yes and not everything's getting the opportunity to breathe or really firmly plant its feet and you know we're four issues still left in this you know, I know we kind of talked when this was coming out that they rolled those two one-shots into this. And the first one-shot definitely felt, I don't want to say skippable, but I did. Um, <laughs> maybe if we pluck that out and pluck whatever the second one out, and when this is all said and done, maybe it reads better in a full-length thing. But we have no way of knowing. Right. Um... It's it's okay, I'm sticking with it because I have faith in Tom King that it's going to all pull together in the end. I agree, I have a feeling, I hope that he sticks the landing. That will make the early part of this more palatable. But I honestly have an opinion that this was supposed to be a quaint story, uh, or maybe a murder mystery too, I don't know, about, uh, you know psychological problems and everything and stress and and then this got a hold of like by the higher ups and said you have to make this an event book and granted it doesn't tie in everything but it's the same way doomsday clock everything isn't tying into doomsday clock either um you have a couple of books like flash and batman have tied into heroes in crisis but i just feel like they got their their fingers in this pie and said it has to be bigger it has to be more it has to be this and i think this would have been a way better story up to this point anyway if it had been more low key and off on its own and maybe not as eventy as they 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 made it if that makes any sense right like may and again obviously we're playing armchair quarterback with this but maybe if it started out as let's say it was a booster gold book and then the onion peels away and we see, okay, now Harley Quinn's involved. And then we see now this person's involved. And now the Flash is involved. And then, you know, issue, end of issue three, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman show up. And like, okay, now this is bigger. Right. Where we're kind of walking slowly into how deep this really goes as opposed to being told months in advance that this is going to be this big, important thing. And it doesn't have that important feel yet. And we're halfway through. And I agree with everything you said there on the pacing of getting to the big characters and the fact that the first issue started with dropping a whole bunch of bodies. And I'll say this, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've been around comics for, I don't know how many decades dropping bodies does not affect me anymore. So like, to me, it's almost a cliche start to a series. If that makes any sense. It's like death never sticks. So you're starting your event with a lot of death, and when everything's a death, nothing's a death. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, that's my take on Heroes in Crisis. So it's far. still the best DC crossover that's going on currently. Well, it's definitely the one that's coming out currently. <laughs> <laughs> By default, it's the best. Exactly. So the other book that we read uh, was suggested suggested to us by my friend James, who has done in the past some of the alternate arts for uh, some of the episodes of After Dark when we did movie episodes. 
And, uh, again, sometimes books slip through our cracks. You can only follow everything so closely. And he suggested this to me. And it is from Dynamite, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Kaspar Wingeguard. So, uh, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt is an old pulp character that apparently is the one that Alan Moore liberally borrowed ideas from to create a lot of the things that happen in Watchmen. Just for the record on this, he was the one who was part of Charlton, but somehow, like when Blue Beetle and all that other stuff at Charlton, Captain Adam and all that stuff, the, the guy who created Peter Cannon Thunderbolt was smart enough to somehow get control. So when, like, DC bought the rights to all those characters, they didn't get Peter, like, uh, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. So when he did Watchmen, they were all amalgams of, or they were characters that were based on Charlton characters. So he's like, I might as well do one of Peter. I, we, I don't own any of these, so I could, I could riff on Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. I always found that interesting because I never understood why he never, ended up with the Charlton characters when DC bought them, but that's part of the reason creator was smart enough to get a piece or something like that. So Charlton didn't actually own Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. Right. So uh, essentially what this is, Peter Cannon, uh, uh, Peter Cannon is very snooty, if you will. And his old team is essentially coming to him and asking him to rejoin them on this big mission that's going on, this world threatening event. And he begrudgingly decides to help them. And they turn away the, uh, you know, the big world-facing event, right? Mm-hmm. So there's your fishbone of a plot. And I don't want to spoil too much about this, but I will mention this, as we're mentioning friends of the show and listeners of the show. Uh, Al Kennedy from House to Astonish, they're going to have an episode coming out later this week. I always make sure to retweet that out, because that's one of the comic book podcasts that inspired me to do this. Uh, he tweeted out, uh, I feel sorry for all the people whose boyfriends are going to make them read Peter Cannon Thunderbolt just so they can deliver a mini TED talk to them why it's so clever. <laughs> so, I, that is a spoiler in and of itself. Uh, this was a nice, pleasant surprise. I went into this not knowing what to expect. Uh, like I said, James just told me to read it. I did, and then I told Todd, hey, read this for the show this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm intrigued to see what's going to go on from this. And a lot of this is, I think, is because I have no attachment to this character and the other characters around it. Right. Um, I read this because you asked me to. Like I said, this... <laughs> I, like, no, I didn't really know about it. But the one thing that I will say is you're talking about the, t- the TED Talk and how clever this book was. That was that was uh, stooged off to me a while back. Oh, so, so like literally, they're like, "Oh, like this says this about this character," and I'm like, "Okay." Like as I was getting close to the end, I'm like, "There's only one way this can end." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't care. I enjoyed it, and I thought it was ingenious the the, the way they did it. Like I said, I don't want to spoil the ending, um, but I think it would have had more of an impact if I had not had any clue to what was going on. Right. See, I had no clue going into it. So look mm-hmm. at you getting stu- things stooged off, right? A headline will get you every time. Aha. Uh-huh. I avoid all this stuff. I do good. I do too, but when I'm looking for show news, it happens. Mm-hmm. 
Anywho, uh, so even with it being stooged off, did you like it? Did you not like it? I, I enjoyed it. I uh, I'm more interested. I'm actually more interested in some of the group that shows up to ask for his help. There's like a guy like with no hands who reboots his body every like two to three weeks or whatever. And I'm like, I want to know his story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, cause Peter, Peter can Thunderbolt is, you know, is what Osmandius was taken from. So I've seen that character before. I've seen that character before. Uh, but like I said, I want to know all the interesting. So if I stick around, I'm not 100% sure because my, my list is super long this week, actually, where I'm trying to cut back stuff. Um, We'll see, but if I'm going to stick around, it's for those side characters. Right. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll definitely check it out when the next issue comes out. I might need a reminder, because sometimes things do slip through, but uh, I do my best. Uh, you know, we're reading a lot and a lot more uh, stuff that's not on our poll list to talk about on the show, just through recommendations from you, our listeners, and I, I do appreciate uh, anybody reading something, feeling passionate enough to reach out to anyone, us or otherwise, to tell them to check something out, you know? And you need a reminder. What are you saying? That the schedule of books is sometime off? Uh, sometimes. Okay. Immortal Hulk. But anyway. <laughs> so that's what we read last week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, however it is that you get your books, know it's coming out, be forewarned, be forearmed, so you're ready six months from now when issue 13 of Immortal Hulk shows up on the Marvel Unlimited thing, <laughs> and issue 30 is on the stands, we'll be the ones who are confused <laughs> and not you. Uh, so Todd and I are attempting to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, I am behind, and there is an IHOP and or Chick-fil-A dinner resting on this. Mm, see after dark. Uh, yes, so I guess I it's an even number, so I pick first, right? Right, you started the show, yes, sir. Looking over your list, is the book you're looking forward to most, the aforementioned Immortal Hulk number 13? No, it is not. Mm. Because... The book I am most looking forward to coming out this week is the book that I think you are also most looking forward to coming out this week, which is Batman 64. It is not the book I'm looking forward to. Oh, man. No movement then this week. Uh, it is uh, because this is the one that's not Tom King. It's the beginning of the Flash storyline. Right, but I, by... I, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the storyline. I, like I, like, uh, I like Batman. I like the Flash. I, uh, I, I'm going to read it, but I feel like this one is just going to be filler because Tom King's off doing what he's doing. The book I'm looking forward to most actually is because I really enjoyed Old Man Hawkeye is Old Man Quill, number one. <laughs> what? I like the Old Man universe. I'm an old man. I like I like universe named after what I am. Right. <laughs> what? Oh, Todd. Alright. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your take on it for next week. What? Oh boy. I'm ju I'm judging you. I know you are. Right. And I'm not caring. Alright, good. <laughs> You're over at longboxheroes.com. Be sure to check out everything that we have going on over there. Whether it be old episodes of this show, old episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, or uh at odds with wrestling, I think this week. 
we're going to be talking about two episodes of the Edge and Christian show and some other stuff. People getting released from World Wrestling Entertainment. What that means, I don't know. We'll see. I didn't got that. I didn't get that text yet. So who knows? <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, and also the uh, Smash 2017 sensation Todd and Joe have issues. Uh, was that what it, is that what it was called? Yes, I didn't say anything. I thought you were. Yeah. No, I'm doubting myself as I speak here. Yeah, Todd and Joe have issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the store uh, there with our fancy logo with our two smiling mugs drawn up by DC Comics artist extraordinaire Tom Durinick. Uh, on shirts, on pins, on stickers. You can get all that there at the store, or you can click on our Amazon link across the top of the page. Uh, won't cost you anything extra. gives us a little bit of a kickback. They call it an advertising fee. I call it something that makes Todd happy at the end of the day. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week is someone purchased the kids' book called Darth Vader and Friends. Have you ever seen those? Uh, like You'll see like the one-panel comics or whatever that go up. Where it's no. Darth Vader as a put-upon dad by his two small children, like a infant, not an infant, but like a toddler, Luke Skywalker, and a toddler, Princess Leia. All right, yes, I have seen those now that you're explaining yeah. it. So they've done a bunch of those books, and I think this is just like a collection of those books. Uh, they're very fun. Uh, someone also purchased a Spider-Man Origins Demo Goblin action figure. Because uh, a hobgoblin wasn't extreme enough from a green goblin, we had to possess hobgoblin with a demon, and then have that demon extracted from him to be a separate villain. As it should be, makes <laughs> total sense. Hey man, the '90s were a wild time, man. Uh, cocaine's a heck of a drug. <laughs> oh, but Spectrox, we saying that's true. It's family friendly. Uh, someone also purchased the Headbands game which is a, a family board game type thing where everyone wears a headband. You put, like, a little card in there, and they have to try to get you to guess what your card says. Mm, you follow. It's like a charades-type game that they made into a board game. It's fun. Mine says press or oh, pull. Mine, I was going to say mine says pull, but you beat me to it. <laughs> um, and someone also purchased two giant bags of dog food. Uh, Diamond Naturals All Life Stages Real Meat Recipe Dry Dog Food. Sounds delicious. And, uh, Merrick Grain Free Senior Real Chicken Sweet Potato Recipe Dry Dog Food. That's a very lucky dog that you have there. Not as lucky as us getting that little bit of a kickback for you purchasing your dog food through our Amazon click-through. Thank you very much for all of your purchases, everybody. My mouth was watering as you were explaining all that dog food. Well, luckily, this dog food makes its own gravy. So oh. your tears work as good as the drool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have plenty of tears. Don't you worry. Uh, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did not have any art attacks this week. Oh, no. Maybe next week. You know, con season's starting. Maybe when I get my Derek Robertson uh, sketch that somebody's going to send me from this week's show, uh, we'll have an art attack. I certainly hope so. And mm. looking at the list of things, before we get into TV talk, I think that's it. I think it is. Right. So, uh... If you did not watch The Flash last week, uh, we're always a week behind on those because it airs as we record, uh, or you don't care about The Flash, thanks for listening, everybody, uh, to episode 465. 
436. 436 of Longbox Heroes. <laughs> Very professional here at the end of the show. Uh, episode 436, Longbox Heroes. And uh, we'll give it a little bit of a pause for those folks to go away so we can start talking about some Flash from this past week. All right. So, previous episode of the Flash had Barry realizing that we could stop Cicada if we heal his daughter. Because we figured out earlier in the season that he's a dad. We must know that there's something wrong with his daughter, which is why he's acting such like a mad. And maybe we can get him to become a goodie if we fix his daughter. Easier said than done, my friend. Uh, Sherlock Wells has this memory machine that he uses uh, that he and his old partner used before. Uh Kind of skimming over the fact that it caused his partner to go a little mad. Uh, but we realize part of the reason for that is is you have to go in in pairs. Uh, or, you know, you'll somehow get stuck and all those sort of things. Now, obviously, Nora jumps in there early because she doesn't want her folks, Barry and Iris, to find out her secrets that she's hiding that Sherlock is also trying to uncover here. Uh, also, in your B story is... Uh, and again, you're going to tread lightly with this one in Ralph is trying to get Cisco a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And this was an episode where Caitlin was not in the episode. So I, I noticed like we get a bunch of episodes with no Ralph. We get a couple episodes with no Cisco. And now we're into the leg of the episodes where there's no Caitlin. I wonder if this is like budgetary constraints or like SAG after laws that we can't have everyone on the set at the same time. That might be it. You never know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know. I like this episode. Uh, I, I like the interactions with uh, the daughter, uh, Cicada's daughter, even though she was a very bad actress. What? Um, but she's a perfect fit for the show. <laughs> kidding, kidding. I love everyone. Um, and, you know, we get some character development with, uh, Nora, obviously, going in on her own. Uh, Barry and Iris going into the memories to try to find her, but instead of going into the memories of the little girl, they end up going into Nora's memories, and a lot of how things are what we, how we remember them as opposed to how they really are. So, I thought this was a little bit deeper than a typical episode of The Flash, but still good nonetheless. Um, I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it. But my favorite part of it was the fact that they, there, when they go into Nora's memories, that they, we get to see a good chunk of the, uh, the Flash Museum, which I'm a sucker for. Like I always said, I love the fact that Flash has his own, you know, uh, uh, the, the town that he lives in has a museum that's, you know, so, just dedicated to him. And I got to see that. It was kind of cool to see how it was set up and everything. And I like that little things like when you hear the guy narrating stuff, it's like this happened and I'm Dexter miles. And like, that's the guy who was the, the curator of the museum and everything. Uh, I don't know. It was just fun for me. And that's what I really focused on. Otherwise I thought there was a lot of like, just little like, like small problems. Like you said, between the the girl and her uncle uh uh who cicada uh being they they seem like they're related the way they act how good they act is what like you were saying but otherwise i just thought it was only an okay episode 
Right, and, uh, you know, we kind of glossed over the Ralph-Sisko subplot, but the main reason of it is Sisko is very focused on helping Caitlin find that metahuman cure, and what they need is to have that comparable DNA, and they find sisters where one has metahuman gene and the other one does not have metahuman gene, so we're going further down that, that they're going to get the two blood samples and compare them to see what they could do. And also, I forgot to mention... And again, I keep saying the little girl, Grace, is her name. Um, the reason she's able to do what she can, and she's seemingly influencing Cicada while still in her coma, is because she's got a piece of shrapnel dark matter in her head. Right. Part of the the Star Labs uh, satellite, I guess, is what that was. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like, on all of that, I kind of just checked out on that information. But interesting. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I don't know. I like this episode. I, I felt as though they worked a little bit harder to kind of move this main story along, um, you know, as we're kind of lightly brushing over everything. Like, you have your metahuman thing going on, and then at the end of the episode, Barry says, okay, well, girl's not going to work. It's obviously the, met- the the dark matter thing that she has. Let's try to see if we could cure Cicada, and maybe that'll fix the problem, like if we can offer that to him. So it's at least Barry is trying some stuff. Barry is being Barry. I love episodes of The Flash where The Flash is in them. And uh, due to some tweets that I saw, uh, I guess the villain in this week's episode is Goldface. Right. (laughs) I can't wait. I haven't seen anything from the episode. I don't know what they did to the special effects. I don't know if they just took stuff from Nate Haywood from Legends of Tomorrow and put a gold filter over him. I don't know what they did, but I can't wait to see what they did. I'm hoping that he gets uh, Golden Glider's gun. Uh, remember how she had the, gu- the gun that shot gold? That's right. And I'm thinking maybe that's going to happen because Gold uh, Goldface had a gun that, that shot gold back in the day. So I, I don't know. Anything could happen. Anything could happen in the world of The Flash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, like, I, I liked it. You didn't. We're good. Um and then what? what is, uh, we're like a month away from Legends of Tomorrow coming back? I'm not sure exactly on that, but I hope it comes back soon, baby. Yeah. All right. So I guess, is there anything else? I don't think so. I think that's everything. I think we did a wonderful job. Best podcast in the world, once again. <laughs> no, no uh, need to belabor any points. A lot of tangents, so again, we do appreciate everyone kind of hanging with us with this week's episode. Um, Again, closing out episode 436 of Long Vox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe (laughs) saying thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.